Now, so we begin. This class we call the, the Tikkun of Cain. The repair of Cain, Moshe and Yitro, and the secret of Techiyat HaMetim and resurrection. So in order to understand, we're going to give you, uh, take you back in time. We're going to go back from now to Parshat Bereshit. We have Cain and Hevel. Cain is jealous of his brother Hevel because Cain came up with an idea to bring a sacrifice to Hashem. He brings one, his brother Hevel brings one. Hashem accepts Hevel's sacrifice and does not accept Cain's sacrifice. Cain is so jealous that he reaches the point where he kills his brother for envy. The rabbis also suggest that this envy extended to the fact that Cain was born with one sister, quote-unquote, to marry, while Hevel was born with two sisters, quote-unquote, to marry. And Cain insisted as the firstborn, he was entitled to the second girl. The Midrash explains that before Cain killed Hevel, the two brothers engaged in a philosophical debate. Cain, seeing that Hashem disapproved of his sacrifice, but accepted Hevel's sacrifice, concluded, there's no judgment and deen, and there's no judge and dayan. So there's no deen and no dayan. No judge and no judgment. Hevel insisted that the world was fairly judged by Hashem. The Ramban, Nachmanides, says, Cain said, he says, Cain told his brother, let's go out to the field. Cain's intention was that all of mankind should be descended from him or at least not from Hevel, whose offering Hashem accepted. He was jealous. Rav Yosef Karo, the author of the Shulchan Aruch, writes, When Cain told him that Hashem held out hope for him, when Cain told Hevel that Hashem held out hope for him, Cain, by promising that he would relate to him with fondness if he changed his ways, Hevel, who was nervous to go out alone with his brother, dropped his guard. He was certain that Cain would indeed change his ways. When Cain spoke to him in a friendly manner, he used the word Vayomer, he thought that this was proof that Cain had changed. He therefore dropped his guard with fatal consequences for himself. After Cain kills Hevel, Hashem turns to Cain and he says, Vayomer, me'asita, what did you do? Kol deme'achicha, the, the voices the bloods, the voice of the bloods of your brother, plural. So Akim Elai Minha Adama, a crying out to me from the ground. Rabbeinu Bachia writes, Our rabbis understood the reason the word deme, blood, is plural, is because it was not only Hevel's blood that was spilled, but all the children that Hevel would have had were murdered because he was murdered. The Midrash goes a step further and sees this term as an allusion to the time of Techiyat Hametim, to the time of the resurrection. After all, seeing that his offspring at the time of his death had only been something potential, the Torah couldn't speak of actual blood of his unborn children. So he explains that it refers to human beings that should have been brought back to life at the time of Techiyat HaMetim. So really there's a whole sword, the secret of Techiyat HaMetim 
in the killing of Cain of Hevel. Furthermore, the Mekubalim write that the plural here alludes to reincarnation, all the souls that might come from. In the case that he- of Hevel, we also know that he was reborn as Shet. The Arizal explains, it's very clear, it says that Adam and Chava had a child, Shet Tachat Hevel. Shet in place of Hevel. We know that Shet, we've learned a number of times, is reincarnated later as Noach, who has the ability to save the world. And we've discussed his failure as compared to Moshe Rabbeinu. Remember, Hashem tells Noach he's going to destroy the world. And he's going to save Noach. And what does Noach do? He says, fine, I'll go in. He says, when Hashem tells Moshe, I'm going to destroy the Jewish people and build a new nation from you, Moshe says, Mecheni na, wipe me out from your book. Mecheni na, we said, are the same letters as May Noach. The, word, the, the, the waters of Noach. So we see the word we have mentioned before, Neshama, Noach, Shet, Hevel, Moshe. Nesh, uh, hey, Noach, Shet, Moshe Hevel, Neshama. Those are the letters and those are the four souls. But what happens to Cain? We talk about Moshe, we talk about the soul of, of Hevel, but what happens to the soul of Cain? In Sefer Shneluchot Habrit, it says that Cain also underwent a number of Gilgulim. One for his nefesh, the lower level of his soul. One for his ruach and one for his neshama. And his incarnations, his, his coming back, were, were included in a number of people related to Moshe Rabbeinu. Remember when Moshe sees the Egyptian beating uh, the, one of B'nai Israel in Egypt, what does he do? He steps in and he looks forward and back. He looks into the soul of this person. The rabbis tell us that this Egyptian was a Gilgul of the lowest level of the negative side of Cain. And Moshe Rabbeinu, he kills him. Remember, he kills him and he puts him into the sand, into the earth, similar to the earth complaining that it took in the soul of, of, uh, of Hevel. He also reappears as Korach. And again, we see the jealousy between Korach towards Moshe Rabbeinu. And what happens, we see in the end that he's killed, and again he's swallowed up by the earth. Finally, we see the neshama level of Cain is corrected and fixed by Yitro, his father-in-law. So we saw that Moshe took revenge on on behalf of Hevel three times. He kills the Egyptian when Korach starts to quarrel. And what we're going to see is the same thing with regard to Yitro's Gilgul when we get to the end. So the so I wrote, we're going to hopefully explain Yitro's Gilgul at the end. It will help to run through the Perashah to get a better understanding of who he was and what drove him, meaning Yitro. So this portion, which we consider the most, some consider the most important in the Torah because it has the Aseret HaDibrot, the Ten Commandments, the Revelation. It's named Yitro. Now remember, the names are not given from Moshe Rabbeinu of the Torah. Even a thousand years ago, I was looking at where did the names come from. I'm trying to figure out. 
Generally, the names come from the first words of the perasha. But we have, in recent years, come up with some universal naming of the parashiyot. But I look and I see Rambam, for example, he refers to parasha mitzorah as vezot tihyeh torat ha-mitzorah. He refers to our parasha bemidbar as bemidbar sinai. Similarly, Sefer HaChinuch refers to mishpatim as ve'ele ha-mishpatim. Parshat Bo as Bo El Paro. So even 700, 800 years ago, they didn't really use the names we have today. I think the names probably developed when we developed a calendar. So we could say each Shabbat we have the, the name of the Perasha. But we're still left with the question that when Ezra Sofer divided the Parshiot, why did he name the Perasha and begin the Perasha? Forget name. He begins the Perasha with Yitro. And that perasha with Yitro goes into Ma'amad Har Sinai, the, uh, the, the revelation at Har Sinai and the Aseret HaDibrot. So let's begin with the perasha. Vayishma, so okay, so all of this was a, uh, a prelude in order to be able to, to understand what we're going to do. So now we're beginning the perasha. Vayishma Yitro Kohen Midian. Yitro, we know his name, we already knew his name. He is the Kohen Midian. The chieftain of Midian, the priest of Midian, the Pope of Abu Dazara in the world. He also is Choten Moshe. Says he heard it Elohim Rashi says, What did he hear? Yitro heard. What did he hear? He says, Rashi suggests two specific items. What are the two items? Kiryat Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea. We said the whole world heard about the splitting of the sea. And he heard about the war with Amalek. These are the reasons he's coming. These are the two reasons. Now it's interesting. If we compare the war with Amalek, it wasn't such a big war. It really didn't have a victor. It sort of ended in a, uh, in a separation with uh, not so many soldiers fighting. Why is Amalek brought in comparison to Yamsuf? Yamsuf, the greatest miracle the world ever saw, maybe. Why are the two brought together? And also the question that the rabbis ask is if you're going to say that he came because of, of, uh, of miracle, why not the ten plagues? Why not Makat Bechorot? Why not the fact that Hashem passed over? The whole idea of the firstborns dying. Why not the other plagues? The blood, the darkness, etc.? Also his title, Yitro Kohen Midian, Father-in-Law of Moshe. Father-in-Law, Choten Moshe. It earns him respect. And Rashi says he gave himself this title. He referred to himself, Ani Choten Moshe. He says to Moshe, I am Choten Chao. I'm your father-in-law. I'm your father-in-law. Choten Moshe. It's a title he gives himself. Who's he telling? Why is he telling it? Also he heard, Rashi says, what else did he hear? The man he heard about, the well he heard about. Again, Rashi is omitting the ten plagues. Again, we have his title, Choten Moshe. We know he's your Choten Moshe. The Torah doesn't waste words. Why again is it saying Choten Moshe? What does he do? He takes Et Sipora, who's Sipora, the wife of Moshe Rabbeinu. Eshet Moshe explains, Achar Shilucheha, after he sent her away. What do you mean after he sent her away? Rashi quotes and he says, 
that when Moshe Rabbeinu, we remember we heard the story, Moshe put the, his wife and his kids on the donkey, he left his father-in-law, he went down to Egypt, and on the way to Egypt, Hashem came to Aaron, told him, go out and meet your brother Moshe. So Aaron comes out into the desert to meet Moshe. Moshe is coming, remember he stopped at the, the last inn, and Aaron says to Moshe, hey, who are these people? And Moshe says to Aaron, you know, I come, Hashem sent me here, and this is my wife, I married her in Midian, these are my two kids. And Aaron says to him, that's very nice, Mazel Tov, Mabruk. He says, but where are you taking them? He says, uh, I'm taking them to Egypt. And Aaron says to him, uh, excuse me, Moshe, we have enough hostages here. You want to bring them as hostages that Paro should hold them against you? We have enough people suffering. Don't bring them here. So Moshe sends her back to her father-in-law. And I believe he must have told her then what he already knew. Because he already was told by Hashem that you're going to bring the people back to Har Sinai in a year. And that's why they're now coming to Har Sinai. Because they knew that Moshe was going to bring the people to Har Sinai. But it sounds like the Torah is telling us about this wonderful family reunion. Why do we need to know this story? The Torah omits so much details. Why is this story being given to us? Why do we have to add all these details? And the Torah goes on with details. And her two sons. The first one's name is Gershom. Ki Amar, because Moshe said, Ger Hayiti Be'eretz Nochriyah. I'm a stranger in a strange land. We already heard this. This is in Shemot. The Torah, again, why is it repeating the same story? We know his name. We know why he named him. The Shem Ha'echad, Eliezer, and the name of the one. It's a whole story on why he's not the second, but the one. Ki Elohe Avi Be'ezri, because the God of my father, he saved me. Ve'yatzileni mecherev paro. He saved me from... The, in, his, in his help, he saved me from the sword of Paro. When Datan and Aviram informed Paro that Moshe killed the Egyptian guard, Paro sought to kill Moshe. It says they caught him, they brought him to the executioner, and his neck turned into a pillar of stone. And therefore, Moshe should have been dead, but he wasn't dead. He got a second chance of life. But again, why do we need the explanations of his children's name, their names again here. Why do we need them here? So keep that in mind. Again, we have, we know his name, we know who he is. Why does it again say, Yitro, Jethro, the father-in-law of Moshe Rabbeinu. And his children and his wife, El Moshe, El Hamidbar, to Moses, to the desert, so they come to Har Sinai. They heard, they came to hear the Torah. He came Yitro himself to learn Torah. And again, the question is asked: The rabbi says, "Why is Yitro coming to learn Torah? He's still a goy. He didn't convert. If you want to tell me that Yitro is coming to Har Sinai because he wants to convert, okay. But why does he yearn to hear words of Torah?" The Goyim may want to hear stories, they might want to hear methodology, but to sit and learn Pilpul, learn Torah, it doesn't make sense, the rabbis say. And again, we're going to have the same title again repeating itself. 
Vayomer Chotencha Yitro Ba'elecha. So he sends a message. Your father-in-law. I am your father-in-law Yitro. I'm coming to you. And if that's not good enough for you, Ve'ishtecha, I brought your wife. And if your wife's not good enough for you to come say hello, her two sons are with her. It sounds so strange. Yitro, Moshe is a special guy. Yitro is going to come meet Moshe. Why would Yitro not come out? I mean, why would Moshe not come out to greet his father-in-law? Moshe, the most humble guy, you think that he's going to be disrespectful to his father-in-law. Why wouldn't he want to see him? And again, if, if he says that, and you know, see your wife, why wouldn't he want to see his wife? And what's the reason the Torah is giving us all of this dialogue? And the Midrash tells us, Hashem came to Moshe. And he says, quick, go to your father-in-law. Give him the respect. Why do we need Hashem to tell Moshe to go give his father-in-law respect? Wouldn't he respect him? And the Pasuk continues, more details. Moshe Moshe goes out to greet his father-in-law. They asked each other about their peace, how they're doing. They come to the tent. So the Midrash says, Moshe came out to greet his father-in-law. Aaron sees Moshe going. He says, oh, let me come with you. Aaron's children see their father going. They say, let us come with you. The, the elders see the children of Aharon and Aharon go with Moshe. They say, ah, oh, we must go too. And after all the elders go, oh, B'nai Israel comes, all of them come to greet who? Yitro, the, the Pope of the Avodah Zarah. Says again, it seems like too much information. Why do we need these details? And he brings him, Ohela, the rabbis tell us, he brings him to the Bet Midrash, to the study hall. Why to the study hall? You want to bring him for a meal? Bring him to the dining room. Why are you bringing him to the study hall? And what happens when he brings him? Moshe, Moshe, so again, we're not hearing Yitro now. We're hearing only Chotno. He only has this title of Moshe's father-in-law. Everything God did to Paron Mitzrayim on behalf of Israel. Everything that happened on the way and how Hashem saved them. He tells Yitro the story. Now Yitro tells Moshe one minute, Yitro, the rabbi says, I'll call Hatova. He converted. Brit Mila went into the mikveh. Why on all the good Asher Asad, Israel, He was so happy for what Hashem did, he convinced him he wants to be one of Bnei Israel. And Yitro turns and he says to Moshe, Baruch Hashem. You know, we all say Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Where we get it from? Two Goyim said Baruch Hashem. Who? Eliezer? Yitro. Baruch Hashem. And we adopt it. Baruch Hashem. Praised is Hashem who saved you from the hand of Mitzrayim. Umiyad Paro from the hand of, of Pharaoh. Who saved the nation from under the hand of Mitzrayim. Says the Jews should be ashamed of themselves. We leave Egypt and none of us said, Baruch Hashem. None of us said, thank you Hashem. After the Exodus, no one says Baruch Hashem till Yitro. Yitro reached a level that none of Bnei Israel attained. And keep in mind, he says, Baruch Hashem, the Malachim, 
every day when they praise Hashem, what do they say? Kadosh, 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 Hashem. Three words, Kadosh, 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 then Hashem. Three words, and then Hashem. When we praise Hashem, what do we say? Baruch Atah, Hashem. Two words, then Hashem. But Yitro, even higher than us, he says, Baruch Hashem. Blessed is Hashem. Blessed is Hashem. We have when a miracle occurs to us, when we're saved, we cross the sea, when we cross the desert, when we're, when we're in prison and released, when we're, when we're ill and recover, we say, Birkat HaGomel. It seems here Yitro is saying it for them. I know all the rabbis don't agree, but I heard from Rabbi Deir, Rabbi Avitan agreed that you could say Birkat Gomel for another person. It seems Shulchan Aruch also agrees. It says that, that even if the person's not in your presence, it says the husband could say for his wife, a man could say for his children, someone could say for his friend, Baruch HaTashem, Elokeinu Yechadam, HaGomer L'Chayavim Tovot, Shegamal L'Ishti, Gamal L'Beni, who did for my children, thank you very much. Yitro is the one who reaches the level no one else attained. It's something amazing. Amazing. Kohen Midian, Achieve something none of us achieved. Why? None of our ancestors. Why? And now, what does Yitro do? Atayadati. Now I know. God is greater than all of the gods. Because of what they plotted against them. Atayadati. Now I know. Now he knows. Knows what? He knows God's greater than the other gods. What do you mean other gods? How do we understand that? And the rabbis tell us, he saw midah, keneged midah. The Egyptians tried to kill us using the sea. The Egyptians said, let us throw the babies into the water. And we know Hashem's not going to punish us through water because He promised not to bring a flood. Here they get punished through the medium they wish to use to destroy Moshe, throw Moshe in the water. They get punished by drowning in the water. And if the Egyptians didn't drown in the water, is Hashem not great? If Egypt was destroyed like Sidom, it would have been no good? Is it only greatness because midah keneged midah? What if the ground swallowed all of Egypt? Would that be not enough? The proof that Hashem is the greatest is midah keneged midah. I didn't understand this. Instead of leaving it for them, the Ora Chaim HaKadosh, he explains something very interesting. I'm going to read it, uh, translate to English. Yitro assumed that when he heard, what he heard previously was grossly exaggerated. He heard about what happened to Bnei Yisrael. He heard what happened to Egypt. He couldn't believe all of this could be true. Now he comes and Moshe Rabbeinu explains to him every last detail. Moshe told Yitro about the slaying of the sar, of the guardian angel of the Egyptians. Something that Yitro could not have heard about from any other source as only B'nai Israel saw Mitzrayim dead, the guardian angel of Mitzrayim, as the Zohar describes it. Once Yitro had heard about this, he knew the Egyptians had no sway over B'nai Israel any longer. Yitro also acknowledged that although all the other nations have spiritual representatives in Shamayim, some are very powerful. And they protect their protégés, they assist them in their wars. They do not exact retribution. Only Hashem operates on the principle of the crime, of the punishment fitting the crime. 
only the God of Israel would drown people who themselves had drowned others. Words of the Orachayim. Saw this, and this is what Yitro saw. So what does he do? Yitro, again he's described. Can't just be Yitro. Choten Moshe. Or Laoz Vachim. He brings offerings, burnt offerings. Lelohim. To God. It's a problem there because we bring sacrifices la Hashem yudke vavke. We don't bring le elokim. It's very dangerous to bring a sacrifice to the judge. It's like a bribe. It doesn't work. So how does Yitro bring olaus evachim le elohim? Some suggest that he didn't understand havaya, but he already said baruch Hashem. He didn't understand the concept of yudke vavke, but he had already said baruch Hashem. So how is it possible if he said Baruch Hashem that now he reverts to Elohim? Does he not really understand that he's using Elohim? We're going to see, no. We're going to see something different. And then what happens? Wow, we really need to know all these details. All of the Ziknei Israel, Aaron, they all came to eat bread with Choten Moshe. Lifne Ha'Elohim. In front of God. What does it mean? They come to eat in front of God. It says that you should learn to always eat together with the rabbis. It's a good thing. Let's jump now. We're going to jump now to the next pedic, to the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. I don't like the Ten Commandments. It was the third month. Jews came out of Egypt. And on this day, it should say Bayom Hahu on that day. It says Bayom Hazeh on this day, today. Ba'ud Midbar Sinai. Bayom Hazeh. The rabbis teach us that we have to believe that the Torah is given every day. Bayom Hazeh. Every day on this day. All the words of Torah we hear are given as if today is the day. Bayisu Merefidim. They went from Refidim, they came to the Midbar Sinai. Bayachanuba Midbar. So it's interesting. Look at the verbs. Vayisu merefidim. They went from refidim. Vayavou midbar Sinai. They went to the desert of Sinai. Vayachanu midbar. They rested in the desert. We have the plural once, twice, three times. The fourth verb is vayichan. Sham. And he sat. What do you mean he sat? It should say vayachanu sham. Vayachanu Bamidbar says the right before. Why does it go from Vayachanu to Vayichan? And the rabbis tell us Vayichan Sham, they all will united the first and only time in history. All the Jews, one heart, one mind, one soul. What, what does that mean? There were no little fights. This guy didn't complain that, you know, you're. Your camel, your camel touched my camel. Your donkey touched my donkey. You cut me off and when we're walking. No fights, no complaints. You didn't give me back the sugar. You borrowed my, 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 uh, my hammer. You borrowed my saw. No, com- no complaints. It says every other time we have constant machloket. The one time in history that we have all complete and perfect unity is here. And they don't even know they're going to get the Torah. Perfect unity. How do we have this perfect unity? Skip to verse 9. Hashem turns to Moshe. 
in order that the people should hear me speaking to you and in you they're going to believe forever and Moshe says to Hashem what the people say what do the people say? they say you know what Hashem we don't want to hear from Moshe we want to hear and see you directly we want this to be a direct personal interaction we want to see you we want to hear from you the Rambam says kefirah what do you mean? nothing to see and whatever there was to see, whatever spiritual reality they could they could see, they could appreciate, they could perceive, they saw it Yamsuf already. Remember when we crossed Yamsuf, excuse me. When we crossed Yamsuf, it says Ze Eli This is my God. This is my Hashem. They're pointing something, meaning that at Yamsuf they saw something. So what do they have to see again? They already perceive the reality of Hashem. But they're asking. So Hashem says, okay, be ready for the third day. On that day, Yeret Hashem Hashem's going to come down on Har Sinai. Before the eyes of all the people, there's going to be no blind. Everyone's going to be able to see. He's going to come down. This Ma'amad Har Sinai, this coming down to Har Sinai is Yisod Emunah. It's the source of all belief. And you would imagine, this is the most unbelievable time, the only time in the world that there's a revelation to an entire nation. Every other religion in the world is a revelation to one person, a couple of people. Someone says, God came to me, I was on the road and I saw him. And someone says he came to us, but uh, never more than a person or a few people. Because you can't tell a lie that it came to millions of people at the same time because someone's going to tell you it didn't happen. So we have this revelation in front of everybody. All of the people see Hashem. All of the people. And you would think that if you had this, it would be good forever. But look what happens in 40 days. Golden calf. Everything's canceled. The whole idea was a planting belief in their heart. It's gone. Okay, but we continue. This is the reason we all left Egypt to come to this mountain to hear Hashem tell us something that's never been heard on the face of the earth before. Ideas that will change the planet. And here's what He's going to tell us. I am God, your God. Believe in me. Hey, guess what? We already heard this. We already know. We're supposed to believe in God. It's one of the mitzvot given to Adam. One of the mitzvot, the shiva mitzvot b'nei Noach. So you're telling me something new? And I got it. You're the God who took me out of Egypt. I already saw you when I crossed the sea. I saw you took me out. You came that night, passed over my house. What am I learning new? Okay, maybe the second one. Don't have other gods. Again, this is one of the cardinal uh, three sins. Cardinal three sins you have to give your life for. But again, we know this from Shiva Mitzvot B'nai Noach. The third one, I don't know, maybe it's a new one, maybe Noach. No, Lord Tisa, don't take God's name in vain. The fourth one, uh, Shamor, you have to, or Zahor, Shamor, Shabbat, you have to remember Shabbat. 
guess what? We heard about Shabbat at Marah. We said there that Hashem gave us Chok Umishbat. We learned the laws of Shabbat at Marah. Since we learned the laws of Shabbat at Marah, you're telling me Shabbat again now? Okay, I heard it already. Oh, the fifth one must be a biggie, one I would never know. Respect your parents. But that also came at Marah. And who wouldn't know to respect your parents? Okay, so it must be the other side. Tablet 2. Those are the things we would never imagine if we didn't hear them, if we didn't hear them from Hashem Himself. This is a biggie. I'm going to tell you something you never would have thought of on your own. You never heard before. Don't kill. What? Don't kill. I already know don't kill. You told that to Noah. Shiva mitzvot b'nei Noah. You told that to Adam. You convicted Cain because he killed. Uh, maybe the next one. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. What's the point? Almost everything we're hearing in the Aseret Hadibrot is something we heard already. I come to Har Sinai, I'm expecting to hear something the world never heard before. I'm expecting to hear something new, something fresh, something different. I heard it all already. I heard all of it already. What's going on? And B'nai Israel, the first commandment, we say they heard directly from Hashem. And what happens when they heard Anochi Hashem? Says, boom, they died. They all died. All died. And what happens? We hear the second commandment. It says they all died. I mean, they heard the first one. The angels resurrected them. They got pushed back 12 meal, 12 miles, whatever it is. The angels brought them all back to Har Sinai. Brought them back to life. And they hear the second one. And boom! They die again. 12 miles. Angels resurrect them. Bring them back to Har Sinai. And the people get nervous and say, Strike one, strike two. Okay, we're worried. The third strike, we're out. So he says, So the people turn to Moshe. You speak to us, we're going to listen. Don't let God speak to us. Because maybe we're going to die and we're not going to come back. Each of the first two commandments, they die, they're resurrected, they're reborn. What's going on? What's going on the whole perasha? Explains Rabbeinu Ha'ari. We have to remember. We all say we want Mashiach now. We want Mashiach now, right? We joined the, the Chabad van and we, uh, the mitzvah tank. and we, I mean, we want Mashiach now. What do you mean we want Mashiach now? That's not the end game. The rabbis tells Mashiach is just stage one. Stage one in the game. Stage two is Techiyat Hemetim. Is the resurrection of the dead. We bury someone in the cemetery. We say it's a short-term lease because eventually we will have Techiyat Hemetim. There's a question among the rabbis. How soon after Mashiach comes do we have Techiyat Hemetim? Some opinions are 40 years later. Some opinions 200 years later. Some opinions 210, like the years we spent in Egypt. But this belief in Techiyat HaMetim, this belief in Hashem resurrecting the dead, is one of the cardinal beliefs of the Jewish people. If we don't believe it, then we're, we're kofir, we're deniers. It's the final one of the 13. In the Amidah, we say every day, Baruch Atah Hashem. Blessed are you Hashem who resurrects the dead. Tells us that in Bavel, in the time of Yechezkel, they didn't believe it. 
So he shows them, he sees the revival. The Gemara brings a number of opinions. We, we see the, uh, the Haftarah that we read, which talks about the, uh, the dried bones coming back to life from Yechezkel. Yechezkel revived and brought back the dead to life. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Rav Elazar said that the dead that Yechezkel brought back to life, they stood on their feet, they sang a song, and they died again. Rav Elazar, the son of Rabbi Yossi, Aglali, he said that the dead that he revived went to live in Eretz Israel. He revived all of these people. They went to live in Eretz Israel. They married women and they had children. In fact, Rabbi Yehuda ben Betera, he stood up at the time and he declared that he was a descendant of these people and that the tefillin that he used were given to him by his grandfather and originally belonged to these people who were resurrected. This idea of techiyat hametim, of resurrection, is the goal of the world. This is the end game. It's techiyat hametim. When we wake up in the morning, the first thing we say is, You returned my soul. You returned my soul. Why? Where did it go? My soul left me. Why is it so important? We have to say thank you, Hashem, because when we go to sleep, the Gemara tells us sleep is one sixtieth of death. When we go to sleep, we experience two percent of death. Hashem then brings souls to the dead body. He renews us. He brings our soul back. And every morning, the rabbis tell us when we wake up. It's a miniature techiyat hametim. Says the first operation that Adam Hashem did for Adam and Chava was what? He took Adam and he put him to sleep. He took the rib or the side from Adam and he creates Chava. The rabbis ask a question: Why was it necessary to put him to sleep? Go abracadabra, poof! From you, I took you like he took my watch, right? Took the rib and your wife is there. Why is it necessary for him to fall asleep to come back and see his wife? So that they should be born anew together, a mini techiyat emeti. Last week, we read Az Yashir. So I said, because we did the Tubishvat Seder, we really didn't discuss one of the key ideas behind Az Yashir. And one of the key ideas is techiyat hametim. To explain it briefly, I saw someone had sent me a beautiful thought by Rabbi Friend on something else we mentioned last week on the Datan and Aviram, and I found something on, on, on Az Yashir. I think he did a beautiful job to, uh, to, uh, to quote the rabbis and to uh, consolidate. The words Az Yashir, Az Yashir, mean he will sing. Future tense. As Yashir Moshe. Then Moshe will sing. And the rabbis will say, wait a minute. What do you mean then Moshe will sing? Moshe sang. What do you mean the future Moshe will sing? It says in the future. What is the future? The Chidushe Harim shares a beautiful thought. Because the rabbis say that from here we see the idea of Techiyat HaMetim. The whole idea of Techiyat HaMetim is from Az Yashir. Why? He says, we have an, an, a concept called Emunah. Emunah is faith. We say, Ani Ma'amin, I believe with perfect faith. We said the 13 things we believe in. Ani Ma'amin Be'emunah Shalemah. 
When B'nai Israel experienced the exodus from Mitzrayim, and then the splitting of Yamsuf, it says at the splitting of Yamsuf, even the simplest handmaiden had a prophetic vision greater than the great prophet Yechezkel. The first chapter of the book of Yechezkel is the description of Yechezkel of the heavenly chariot. He's sort of seeing Hashem as one of the most difficult chapters of Tanakh to study. And the rabbis are saying that the simplest person at Yamsuf saw much more and understood much more and was able to perceive much more of Hashem than even the prophets. However, when, 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 they saw, when they saw, this wasn't really anymore emunah. Why? The idea of emunah, belief, is that belief implies doubt. Emunah is faith. If something is, then I don't have emunah. If you see me holding up five fingers, you don't have to believe that I'm holding up five fingers. You know it. So if Hashem is as clear as day, then there's no such thing that they had emunah in Hashem. They knew Hashem. They knew Hashem. So when it says they had emunah, what is it that they had emunah, belief in? What were they not 100% sure? And the rabbis explained that the one concept that was lacking was this idea of techiyat hameti. The experience of Yamsuf did not include it. So therefore, the emunah, it says, Vayaminu Bahashem, they believed in Hashem. They believed that eventually we would have techiyat hameti. And this is the sword that Az Yashir, that in the future, Moshe will come back and Moshe will sing. This is the idea of Tehiyat Ameti. This is what Moshe, Yitro heard. Yitro heard the splitting of the sea. He heard Az Yashir with reference to Tehiyat Hametim. And Yitro understood after searching every religion, worshipping in every religion, going through every angel, every force, every level, he understood that the ultimate goal is Tehiyat Ameti. But we say two reasons he came. He came for the splitting of the sea, and he came because he heard about the war with Amalek. What does the war with Amalek have to do with anything? We mentioned Birkat HaGomel. Today we say Birkat HaGomel, when we cross the sea, we fly over the sea. We take a long flight, one who crosses the desert, one who recovers from a serious illness is in the hospital for a few days or bed for a few days and one who's released from prison. In essence, when we say, it's, it's, What is he saying? He's saying that he should be dead and Hashem saved him. Hashem saved the person and therefore he's thanking Hashem. Where do we have a precedence for this idea? A person should be dead but he's not. Hashem gave him a second chance. Look at each of the Avot. The story we have of Abraham is Abraham was thrown into the fire of Ur Kazdim. He stayed in that fire for days and he came out a miracle. He was still alive. But what should have happened to him in the fire? He should have been dead. Abraham comes back. Baruch Mechaye Hametim. Blessed is you, Hashem, who resurrects the dead. Yitzchak at the Akedah. The Akedah. 
the knife on his neck cut soul leaves burned or saved last minute should have been dead comes back to life soul comes back we, from there we have the Baracha Baruch Hashem Mechayeh who brings life back to the dead Yaakov Avinu he fights the angel of Esav who is this angel the Satan he's the angel of death the Malachamavit, he should kill him. And afterwards, Yaakov says, I was saved. I was saved from death. Baruch Hashem He's born again. We say, Elokei Abraham, who was given a chance and born again. Elohei Yitzchak, who was given a chance and born again. Elohei Yaakov, who was given a chance and born again. All had the chance to start over. In the vernacular, you know, we say today, if you watch, you know, the TV preacher, born again, people, born again. They all were born again. You're given a chance to start over. The Birkat Avot, Mechayah Metim. We have to add even that they wouldn't have had children and all of them were given a chance to have children. Yitro heard. Yitro already knows how great Hashem is. But he's yearning to understand what is the purpose of creation? He heard the war, Amalek, people were saved, there's a miracle at sea. He sees that people can be given a second chance. He understands there's something called revival, there's something called rebirth. And he wants to come and get Torah. Why does he want to come and get Torah? Because when the people die, it's the dew of Torah that resurrects them. The Torah has the energy to awake and bring people back. It's the dew that Hashem sprays. It's the dew and the energy of Torah. The Gemara Mesechet Ketuvot says, Not everyone comes back at Techiyat HaMetim. It says, The Am Ha'aretz will not get up in Techiyat HaMetim. The Am Ha'aretz, the, the foolish ones, the ones who don't learn Torah, the ones who are not connected. You have to have Torah in order to have Techiyat Ameti. The dew that Hashem sprayed, the dew or the energy of the Torah. The appearance of Hashem makes them die. Why? Because they have to understand the purpose of Torah is to be able to renew, to start over, to become a brand new person. Explains the Arizal every day. We have to look at the Torah as it's new. By Yom Hazeh, this day, new. Even if you hear the same Torah, the same Devar Torah, the same words of Torah, you realize that it's the first time you're hearing them. You learn something over, it's as if it's a brand new thing. You could hear the same class that you heard last year, a year later, but if you hear it with your new ear, You'll have new ways of understanding. The attitude that we have to have each morning. A mini techiyat hametim. Hamachazir neshamot lifkari metim. You return to the dead bodies, their souls. This is the bracha we say in the morning. Hashem also wants us to understand in order for this to work, you need to be one unit. You need to all get along. The condition of Techiyat HaMetim is that there has to be agreement between people. Those who don't get along, 
don't come back. All of a sudden, there's a miracle. We all love, we all love each other, agree with each other, no fighting with each other. Hashem made this miracle one time, one place, in order for un- us to understand what is required for us to experience Tehiyat HaMetim. Now the commandments you heard, one, I heard it over, two, I heard already, all the other kill, steal, I knew them already. What are you telling me, Hashem? It's nothing new, no. This is the idea of Tehiyat HaMetim. You could hear something a second time, and it's as if it's new, because you hear it with new ears, with a new understanding, with a new way to approach. Yitro, he reaches this level. He understands. I have no choice. I have to bring Moshe, his wife, and I have to bring his children. The children need Torah. They won't get up for Tehiyat Metim without Torah. Yitro recognized the names of the children of Moshe. Gershon, stranger in this world. I'm not a permanent resident here. I'm a stranger on the earth in this incarnation. I'm waiting for eventually to be able to come back in Tehiyat Metim. Eliezer, because what happened to Moshe? His neck was on the chopping block. They took the sword to kill him and his neck turned to stone. Exactly the same as the Avot, Avraham saved from the fire. Yitzchak saved from the slaughter. Yaakov saved from the angel. The same way Moshe Rabbeinu is saved and given a second chance at life. Techiyat HaMetim in this world. Yitro comes to convert. Not just to convert. He heard about the war with Amalek. He remembers. Who was Amalek? Amalek was the child of Timnah. Timnah and Eliphaz. Who was Timnah? Timnah was the woman. The noble woman. The princess. She came to the Avot and she said to each of them, Please accept me. Allow me to convert. Please accept me to be with you. And all of them refused. And with nowhere else to turn, what did she do? She went to the grandchild of Yitzhak through Esav. Through Esav. And she ends up having Amalek. Yitro says to himself, Look, they have to battle with Amalek. Why is Amalek attacking them? Why do they have an enemy called Amalek? Because there was a ger who came to them to convert and they didn't take up. They won't make the same mistake twice. I'm going. After I heard about the war with Amalek, they'll accept me. We have to understand the main reason, the purpose of Tehiyat HaMetim is that such a great person, this guy Yitro, is the one who could say, Baruch Hashem, blessed is Hashem. He understands he's at a higher level. And why could he sacrifice to Elohim? It's not backtracking. It's not backtracking. The Arizal explains, it's going forward. Why? Because we have Elohim. We move that Midat HaDin to Midat HaChesed is Havaya. But when, when we have the Mashiach, when we have Tehiyat HaMetim, we go back to the concept of Midat HaDin of Elohim. And to Yitro, there's no difference. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. It's going forward in His concept. This is why they all sit together, Lifnea Elokim with Yitro to eat. They know they need to learn together. To learn together, to have the energy to produce what will be necessary to have Techiyat HaMetim. 
When you sit and learn, you have to see who's with you. The Chachamim bring the glory of the Shekhinah. Invite the rabbis to dinner once COVID's over. Always go with the rabbis and make sure you don't take the conversation. Make sure they teach some Torah. You bring to your table, you bring to yourself this beautiful do of Torah of Techiyat HaMetim. There's so many stories in the Gemara and the Midrash when the rabbis come together, but also know when two people come together, they bring the Shekhinah. When ten people come together, have a minyan, they bring the Shekhinah. We need the energy of the Torah to produce the do. The Torah is the condition of Techiyat HaMetim. The Zechut is to Moshe. He goes outside. Even though Yitro criticized Moshe, telling him, this is what you have to get, judge this, that, this. I'm telling you what you need to do or else you're going to kill yourself. What does, Yitro, what does Moshe do? He listens to his father-in-law. He understands that Yitro is at a high level. Yitro though appreciates who his son-in-law is. He was Kohen Midian, the Pope of the world, the Pope of Avodazara. No greater title, though, does he want for himself than which title? Forget Kohen Midian. Forget Pope of the world. Forget High Priest of Avodan Zarah. He wants to only be one thing. I'm proud of my son-in-law, Choten Moshe. This becomes his title. He uses it again and again. The Ora Chaim says, you know, this saved his life. Because he's the priest of Midian and he says, I don't want to practice Avodah Zarah. Not only that, I'm going to convert to Har Sinai. They would have killed him on the way. He says, no, I'm Choten Moshe. That's what keeps him protected. B'nai Yisrael were there. We crossed the sea. We said, Ze'eli, this is my God. We reached the highest level. But what happened? We reached this high level and two days later we complained. The water, the food, we want to go back to Egypt. We're not happy. We lose this connection. We lose the emunah. We lose the bitachon. We lose the faith and the belief in Techiyat HaMetim. So we tell Moshe after Yamsuf when we saw whatever that means Hashem. We want to see him again. Why? Because we lost the connection. We want a connection again. We want the future, but as Yashir in the future, through danger, they granted a new life. We wanted to see the same. We wanted this goal point. We wanted to reach it at Matan Torah, but we weren't 100%. Hashem tells them the commandments. He says you should feel as if they're new, the reborn. They revive, renew with the do of the Torah. Anochi, the words actually produce the do, the rabbis say. The same with Lo Yiyeh. They died and they revived by the words of the Torah. It's a miniature revival. It's indicative of when Mashiach will come. Moshe is going to be the leader. Az Yashir Moshe. Then Moshe will sing. The model who understood Techiyat HaMetim. They need to reach that level of Moshe. Why is Yitro here? Yitro is the first on his own. The amazing potential of a human being. He reaches this level. He understands the goal in life. It's incumbent on every one of us. It's one of the 13 tenets of faith. It's the key to connecting to Torah. To appreciate each and every day we have a mini Techiyat HaMetim. An ability to start over. Born again. We incorporate this into life events. A married couple comes under the chuppah. We say it's as if they're born anew. All their sins are gone. They're a new entity. On Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we're wiped clean, we're starting new again. Every month Rosh Chodesh, we see a new moon. Just like a new moon, we could be new. We could feel the same each week we have Shabbat, wipe away the past. We start over, new week, new Shabbat, new everything, new me. And every single night, go to sleep. 
We wake up in the morning. Thank you, Hashem, for returning my soul. Who returns our souls to us. We have to take advantage. We have to start over like my mother always says, God bless her. Every day is the first day of the rest of your life. So now we're ending, but I need to just answer some of the questions. The, just to finish, two more minutes and just to finish to answer these questions. The Ora Chaim, he says, concerning, concerning Yitro's position as an ardent idol worshiper, something that's implied in the title priest, he says, we have to know that this Goy, who occupied such an exalted position in his own country, who was a religious dignitary, he was an advisor to Paron, he makes a 180 degree turn, something remarkable, and it's a really a lesson for the Jewish people to see him coming from being a goy to turning the Torah. But I also saw this, which the Or Chaim writes, and I'm going to tell you, you may not want to repeat it in front of certain people, because they're going to tell you that whoever says it is a, is a denier. He says, it seems to me that the reason that this teaching came from Yitro is that Hashem wanted to show the Israelites of that generation and all generations that there are among the Goyim, Gedolim Behavana Uvhaskala, great masters of understanding and intellect. The example of this was Yitro. His advice and the way he chose to organize a society. For there are indeed among the Goyim people who recognize well authenticated propositions. So you have smart Goyim, whatever they're going to tell you, right? We should know that. Finally, as to the tikkun of Kayin through Yitro, ending with this. This explains why it was important for Moshe to marry Yitro's daughter. The union between Yitro and Moshe signified the tikkun, the repair of Kayin's hostility towards Hevel. Rabbeinu Ari explains that Sipora, the wife of Moshe, had the soul of the sister of Hevel, and thus by allowing Moshe to marry Sipora, Yitro helped correct the sin of Cain, who resented his brother's claim to that sister. This process of tikkun continues in our portion. Cain, his offering was rejected because he brought flax, a cheap material inappropriate to offer Tashem. What does Yitro do? He corrects it by bringing proper sacrifices in the Midbar. Additionally, Yitro established B'nai Israel's system of judicial system. He rectifies the mistake of denying the existence of judgment in the world. Remember, he said to his brother, there's no judge and no judgment, no dayan, no deen. Now what does he do? He sets up the system of judges for B'nai Israel. Victor has a beautiful thought because he's connected to the dark side, how he overcomes the dark side. Finally, Yitro makes his suggestion to Moshe out of concern for him. He warns him that if you keep this crazy schedule all day, all night, you're going to kill yourself. Why? Because he killed Hevel and now he wants to save his life. This explains why this perasha that describes Matan Torah is named after Yitro. I once heard Rabbi Eli Mansour, he said that this idea of correcting the flaw of fraternal strife, of correcting the hatred between brothers was a precondition for B'nai Israel receiving the Torah. Think about it. 
the soul of Cain had to be redeemed through Yitro's arrival before Hashem could reveal himself to B'nai Israel and give them the Torah. Once this flaw was corrected and the stain of this first instance of hatred and strife was removed from mankind, Hashem was able to descend on Har Sinai and give the Torah to B'nai Israel. Finally, as the rabbis explained, the bloods crying out from the ground relate to this aspect of reincarnation and Tichiyat HaMetim. And it was this aspect we see Yitro came to attach himself in an effort to correct the sin of Cain in the first place. This is the idea of Tichiyat HaMetim. It's really the end game and it's the goal we look forward to. This whole Perashah of Yitro drives us to that place. I apologize, I went a few minutes 